Welcome to the Carrots and Cake Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Hopper, an FDN practitioner, author, mom, and IBD advocate. Tune in each week for real-life advice and strategies for becoming your happiest and healthiest self, all while thriving in the gray area. Trust me when I say, you can have your carrots and cake too. Welcome to the next episode of the Carrots and Cake Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest. I have Beth here. She is somebody I met through the business mastermind that I'm in, and she is a scoliosis specialist and the owner of Strength and Spine. And I feel like we have a ton to talk about today. So if you're somebody that deals with scoliosis, this episode is definitely for you. So welcome, Beth. Thank you for having me. Yeah, yeah. And would love just to dive into things and would just love to get to know you a little bit more. So who are you? What are you all about? Who do you work with? Um, And yeah, would just love to know like how you got into all of this. Absolutely. So my name is Beth Taranova. I am a physical therapist and my background is orthopedics, but specifically I am trained in the Schroth method, which is a specific exercise technique for scoliosis. Um, really my interest in scoliosis started with my own diagnosis. So I was diagnosed as a teenager, um, basically told like, Hey, you know, you have this curve, you're basically done growing, um, you know, goodbye and good luck kind of thing, which many people with scoliosis are kind of given that, you know, initial introduction, like, eh, don't worry about it. You know, it's something you don't have to worry about or just forget about it kind of thing. So I actually, as a teenager started competing in weightlifting. Um, I competed in the Olympic style of weightlifting since I was 15 years old. Um, and it was funny because I would see all these weird things like, you know, I'd press the barbell and I'd be rotating and I'd watch my, my other people on my team and be like, well, she doesn't do that. Why do I do that? Or I'd look at my ribs and I would see that they were sticking out more on one side. And I didn't understand because it was never explained to me what scoliosis was or, you know, what, what that, what it could, how it could affect the body. So it wasn't really until I got to physical therapy school that one of my physical therapy professors was like, yeah, all of those things that you're seeing with your lifting are probably related back to your scoliosis. And I was lucky enough to be introduced to the Schroth method in PT school. Um, my mentor, Hagit Berdyshevsky, actually was a graduate of my PT school. So she came back and talked to us about it. And I went on to become trained uh, in Schroth Method, but I realized that there was a gap in the world of scoliosis, of fitness for scoliosis. And I would get questions all the time from my patients like, hey, I want to go to the gym or I want to go to yoga or I want to go to Pilates, but I don't understand how to adapt it. It doesn't seem like it makes sense for my curve. Should I be doing these things? Should I not be doing these things? And and it turned into, they were just avoiding fitness, which we know is not a good thing, especially in the population of scoliosis being mainly women who are, who are, you know, diagnosed with scoliosis and dealing with scoliosis. Um, so finally I said, you know what, I'm just going to help you with your program. I'm going to create your exercise program. I'm going to teach you strength training because what I was seeing, at least in my experience, was the combination of the scoliosis exercise and strength training was giving people really amazing results. So that's kind of where strength and spine 
was born was that intersection of the scoliosis specific exercise with strength training programs. And we put it online because it was during the pandemic and then realized that it gave access to people who didn't have scoliosis professional or scoliosis knowledge where they are. So we worked with people kind of all over the US, all over the world um, in helping them to learn more about their curves and then be able to get into fitness routines that consider their curves and, and care for their curves and allow them to progress regardless of their scoliosis. Mm, this is fascinating. And I am just so glad you and your program exist because you know, just hearing some of your story, same thing. Like I do some weird stuff when I'm lifting, <laughs> my body looks a little off. Um, but you know, up until this point, until I got really injured, I just ignored all of this, you know, and I wish there was somebody out there that was kind of guiding me. Like I literally avoid certain lifts and doing certain movements because I'm like, Oh, it's going to make my scoliosis worse. Or like, I'm going to hurt myself or something like that. And obviously I think, you know, with your program, like strength training is at the heart of it. Um, but you know, why, why is strength training so important for people with scoliosis and like, why should they not avoid strength training? Well, there's a few reasons. One is that even though scoliosis is is mainly affecting the vertebrae, it also affects the balance of the muscles, right? And we and we find that there is a portion of our scoliosis that is postural, that is influenced by our muscles activation and how our muscles stabilize our curve. Um, because the curves are three-dimensional, making sure to have good support, whether that's your core, whether that's your back muscles, all of that, your, your pelvis muscles, hip muscles, all super important for stabilizing scoliosis. And what I find is those who are not strong tend to have more issues with potentially progression of their curves. Um, and, and so that's a big, a big issue. The second issue that why strength training is so important with scoliosis is bone density, because really where we see curves tend to progress is during menopause and postmenopause, and that tends to coincide with that loss of bone density. As we loom bone density, there's more potential of our spine to wedge and create more rotation and for curves to progress. So that's another reason why strength training is very important for people with scoliosis, especially at any phase of their life, but especially during that, you know, pre-menopause, during menopause and postmenopause phase. Ah, yes. Another reason <laughs> to strength train and perimetabolize and menopause. I mean, if, you know, my followers and community have heard me say that 1 million times, um, but yes. if you have scoliosis, another reason to continue to do it. Um, so this is kind of a personal question, but also relates to strength training. Um, is there any situation, well, I think I know the obvious answer to this, but are there situations where strength training could make scoliosis worse? you know, outside of injuring yourself, but as far as like anybody who's like, kind of like hesitant to start strength training, just because, you know, they do have this curve, like they're not really sure how to strength train properly. Is there any situation where you'd be like, you shouldn't strength train? There's certain movements that potentially we might modify or ask people to stay away from. And, and part of those would be a lot of rotational movements, weighted rotational movements, right? Because the curve is already fundamentally rotated. So if we're doing rotation, 
rotational movements, we may be leaning more into that rotation. Um, side bend movements are also ones because often people may think, oh, well, my curve is bent to the side. If I strengthen the other side, that can help to balance it. But often many of our clients have compensatory curves. So they may not only have one curve, they may have two curves that are, are you know, trying to balance each other. So if you think that you are strengthening one curve, you may actually be leaning into the other one a little bit more, especially if you have that S-curve type scoliosis. Um, and then form, I think, is a big issue, right? Uh, one of the things that I notice with many people with scoliosis is that they tend to lean into their curves without realizing. So often I'll have my clients take a photo of themselves before they start our programs and they look at the photo and they say, but Beth, I swear I was standing straight. But when I look at this photo, I'm leaning way over to the side. Why is that? Because the curve changes our center of gravity and often we'll see compensations related to that. So one of the most important things that we find is first understanding how to stand in a more neutral position or what that feels like and finding that balance because we find often people will come to us with issues or pain because they've been doing all their exercises kind of leaning over into their curve as opposed to finding that more conscious, more aligned posture. So those would be the places where, you know, potentially people could have more pain or more issue with um, strength training if they're not paying attention to the form aspects that we discussed. And then also the, um, the certain exercises that maybe are not the best for scoliosis. Yeah. I, a lot of this resonates <laughs> as you're saying it. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. Um, but what would be like in general, I know everybody's a little bit different, but are there some movements that you're like, maybe these aren't the first movements we work on, you know, with scoliosis or some that like, maybe you just shouldn't do besides like you were saying, like rotating with weight, um, the side bends, any other movements that you're like, eh, probably not the best. I mean, there are some people who feel that you shouldn't train with barbells with scoliosis because they feel that it put compression on the spine. And, you know, there hasn't really been any research for this. Like we do think that gravity is part of, um, scoliosis progression, especially in teens kind of related to how gravity affects their growing and how they're leaning into their curves, et cetera. Um, but there hasn't been any research to say that like, you know, if you put a barbell on your back, it's going to cause your curve to progress. Or if you put a barbell on your back, actually I've had the opposite situation. Like I've been competing in weightlifting for over half my life at this point, And my curve has stayed exactly the same. It hasn't progressed at all. Um, so in fact, there was even a point where before I started doing the scoliosis exercises that my orthopedist felt that my curve had improved by doing the strength training compared to um, what it was before. So I, I think that that's one that people always have questions on and always ask about is like, should I load weight on my spine? And of course, if you don't feel comfortable with it, it's not necessary to be able to build strength. There's so many variations that you can do that don't load weight directly to the spine. But if it's something you like, if you're a barbell athlete and you want to keep training that, or, you know, you like doing CrossFit, I know Tina that you enjoy the barbell, the These barbell the events, <laughs> right? Yes. Um, yep. I don't see any reason why not to 
continue doing them. Of course, if you're having pain or issues, we may need to take a look at form and adjust. And often when we work with people who are barbell athletes or CrossFitters, there's a lot of accessory work that we need to bring in because the average barbell program doesn't consider a scoliosis or doesn't consider that. So I think, you know, a lot of times people will also ask me, is running safe for scoliosis or, you know, is jumping safe? And, and I think it all comes back to any sport is, is a good sport for scoliosis. It's a matter of, do you have the accessory program or do you have what goes along with to really care for your curve outside of what you do with your sport? We kind of need that balance of whatever our sport is, and then also that stabilization work, that posture work, that alignment work to kind of reprogram, to remind our body how to hold itself in a better alignment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Thank you for answering all of my personal questions. <laughs> that was like literally my question. I'm like, can I put a barbell on my back with weight? Is that really going to screw me up? And yeah, like to your form point, a hundred percent. But just like, so happy that you address those things because I'm always like, so nervous about like what I'm doing now, just because I have hurt myself a number of times. Um, So thank you for addressing that. And then also this might be a good segue as far as maybe some of the foundations for just a healthy spine, like, you know, even just conversations with you, you know, at mastermind events and whatnot, I've learned so much, but just this idea of like the stable spine. Um, but what are some of like the foundations as far as just like keeping your spine healthy with scoliosis? Absolutely. So definitely a focus more on stability over mobility. So I think a lot of people get this advice, like, oh, you have scoliosis, just start stretching or you have scoliosis, go in the inversion table, just hang there forever. And eventually your curve will flatten out. Or, you know, we're going to put you in this traction table and stretch you from both ends and hope that your curve stays that way. Right. So I think people get a lot of stretching advice and stretching is not necessarily a bad thing for scoliosis. Stretching is a great thing. And actually one of the foundations that we start with when we teach people scoliosis exercise is how to elongate their spine and how to create that actively because that does help to reduce some of the rotation and the bend of the curve. But actually scoliosis is really a condition of more instability. Now, I I don't want to scare people by saying that to say, oh my gosh, my spine is unstable. Your spine is not just going to collapse at any moment. Your spine is very strong, even with scoliosis. But because we have a rotation in three dimensions, the scoliosis spine tend to respond better to stabilization than it does movement or like movement of mobilization, right? So instead of leaning over and stretching this way to stretch out your curve, working in a neutral position where you're challenging your core to hold that position and to hold your curve in a good position. Um, that's one thing that that we find really important is that bias of stability. So that's why we recommend strength training. With strength training, you do get a lot of work of core stability and 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 those aspects, which is very important. Uh, we also recommend like Pilates and things like that that also are more stability based. Now, when we're talking about the average spine, like anybody's spine, not only the spine of scoliosis, you know, it's important for good hydration. It's important for the right nutrition, like all of those things that we just talk about in, in general health and, and movement. And, you know, that's all important for any spine. Right. Um, so 
really a lot of times, even we work with our clients on like making sure they're getting enough sleep and making sure they're getting, you know, I'm sure nutrition is, is your more your boat than ours, but, you know, making sure that they're getting adequate nutrition, especially for bone to maintain good bone health and, you know, making sure that they, they are managing stress. Well, it's especially when we work with many clients with pain, we find that stress can be a very big pain generator for our clients. So in terms of spine health, you, 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 you think that, you know, you need this fancy treatment or this like fancy thing to keep your spine healthy, but really a lot of the things that are just kind of day-to-day good things for you, like eating well, exercising are also good for your spine health as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you mentioned, um, Pilates, um, as something that might be helpful, obviously strength training. Are there any like modalities that are that in the research or just in your experience working with clients that have helped because, you know, again, kind of a personal question. I've done physical therapy. I've done the chiropractor. I've done massage. Everyone tells me I need to do more yoga and stretch, but like, are there any modalities besides, you know, the few that you've mentioned that could also be helpful or does it really kind of like just depend on the person? Right. Right. Yeah. So people will have different things that really work well for them. Of course. Um, in terms of the research, general physical, th- there's a there's kind of a line drawn be- between general physical therapy, which is probably what most people experience, versus a scoliosis-specific physical therapy. What makes a little bit different is a, scoli- a person who practices a scoliosis-specific exercise or scoliosis-specific physical therapy has gone for additional training in terms of the biomechanics of the curve and very... Um, specific exercises, personalized exercises for individual curves. So what generally happens when you go to kind of a general physical therapy clinic, maybe one that doesn't have scoliosis specialty is they look at scoliosis like they would any other back condition and they kind of group it in with that. So the the prescription is very general type core exercise bias, right? What scoliosis specific exercise looks at is more balancing the side to side and balancing the rotation and using breath work and using alignment work and using very specific exercise to help balance the curve. Um, So that's one big difference I see. In terms of chiropractics, there's not a lot of research to say that chiropractic adjustments do correct scoliosis curves where we've seen them be the most effective is more for acute pain. So often like doing chiropractic adjustments can help with acute pain, um, just based on the mechanism of what, what they do at the, um, the spinal level. It's not necessarily that they're straightening the spine, but more so that they're creating a, um, a little bit of a physiological response at that level to kind of boost up some some good hormones in the area to make the pain go away. So that's one that, you know, with chiropractics, a lot of times people have questions on. There's some people who are super strict in the scoliosis world who feel like adjustments are not safe going back to that like stability aspect, right? We don't want to introduce more rotation or, or things like that into the system, but I think that's kind of like a mixed bag, depending, depending on also the skill of the practitioner, right? Not to throw any, any, any practice under the bus. Of course, there's going to be some that are better at analyzing curves than others, right? Um, so there's that. In terms of massage, definitely people enjoy massage for um, reducing stiffness, reducing pain, but we always recommend add that stability piece to after, make sure that you have also that 
that exercise piece of it, because often what we find is like massage, it feels great a few days, but if you're not adding in that exercise piece, you end up kind of bouncing back to where, where you, where you were before you did, um, the massage. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah, I mean, oh, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Off. Go ahead. <laughs> oh no. I was going to just say quickly for Pilates. Pilates has shown some good research for, uh, scoliosis it still perform Stroth still performs a little bit better. Scoliosis exercise still performs a little better over general Pilates when we compare them, but still a good modality if maybe you don't have access to that scoliosis specific exercise where where you are. So go ahead. What were you gonna say? Oh no, I was just gonna add like I I feel like it's like never one thing when it comes to scoliosis. It's not like just, you know, the strength training or just the massage, you know, it's, you know, everything kind of works together. Um, but I was going to ask also about, you know, just scoliosis and pain. (laughs) This is like hot topic in my life right now. Um, but you know, what would be your methods to address it? Maybe like the immediate and then kind of like the long-term, which I think was kind of where the conversation was going, but was just going to ask that question. Yeah. What's super interesting about scoliosis and pain is that many doctors will say that scoliosis doesn't cause pain. And I think it's a bit of a misinterpretation of the research because what the research tells us is that the degree, the severity of your curve doesn't necessarily predict the amount of pain that you'll have. So you could have a very mild curve and have a significant amount of pain, and you can have a very severe curve and have like no pain. Like we have clients, you know, that have 90 degree curves and like two out of 10 pain, right? Mm -hmm. So there can be so much variability in terms of that. I think where scoliosis can create or relate to pain is one, the muscular imbalance, right? Often people will develop strains or, you know, some issue with that related to that muscular imbalance where they have one side that's working harder to try to, um, keep the person centered and keep them upright or muscles kicking in that necessarily are not supposed to be doing that job to stabilize because they're just trying to hold the curve up against whatever's going on in terms of the rotation and, and the, and the bend of the curve. Um, So I think that's more the pain. Pain can also be generated via discs, via nerves, via, you know, the pelvis, how the pelvis compensates from the curve. And and I think that's one of the challenges is that pain is so multifactorial. It's often hard to pinpoint to one exact area or one exact generator, right? Especially with scoliosis, because we can have where there's a pelvis compensation. And then there's also an imbalance of how the person stands and that may be putting more pressure on a nerve, but that that nerve also has to go through the pelvis and, and all of these, all of these elements can, can contribute. So what we found is really looking at, okay, what are some movements that maybe are pain generating, right? What, what are those movements for, for that person? And then looking at, okay, how can we address with exercise, making either those movements easier or, you know, do we need to strengthen, stabilize an area? Do we need to stretch an area that's tight? Do we need to look at where is a muscle kicking in to work off of something else, right? Like a lot of people with scoliosis will have issues with their hip flexor, let's say. And often issues with the hip flexor might actually relate back to the position of their lumbar curve, right? Because 
the hip flexor attaches into your lumbar spine. So if you have rotation at your lumbar curve, if you have imbalance at your lumbar curve, that can affect what's going on on that hip flexor. Even though you're feeling it down at the hip, it may be generating somewhere else. So Yes, definitely pain with scoliosis is a challenge. And many people that we talk to, like they'll go for imaging, they'll go for x-ray, they'll go for, you know, all of these testing. And then the doctor will look at them and be like, well, it looks fine. Well, yeah, it looks like you have scoliosis, I think, you know, and it's like, okay, that's helpful. Thank you. So it, it takes a little bit more of that problem solving piece to see, okay, where, where exactly on this chain is something going on? We do see patterns with certain curve types, right? So we do see that people who have lumbar curves tend to have more imbalance of their hip strength side to side. And especially if you're working on a sport where you need to be balanced, like weightlifting, that can affect what's, what's going on above and below. Right. So, so so many elements. I wish I could just wave the magic wand and, and give each person their exact, exact uh, issue, but it often takes some problem solving to kind of look up and down. And, and, and sometimes we get stuck at the spine, right? A lot of practitioners I talk to, they'll get stuck at the spine, but I'll say, okay, what, what's going on at the hips, the shoulders, because also that is affected by the curve as well. And people may not realize the implications that go along with down down the chain or down the line as well. Mm -hmm. Oh yes. You were, you were speaking to me <laughs> all, all resonates. And yeah, trying to figure out exactly what is going on because, you know, personal story did, did the x-rays, did the MRI and I got the, you know, this is an L4, L5 issue, which is like, welcome to your forties. Cause everybody's got this issue. And then now like digging a little bit deeper on just like symptoms and the pain I'm feeling, I'm like, I don't, think that's exactly what it is. And now I'm kind of with you on this like pelvis hip stuff and like how my strength training and bad form is contributing. So it's just interesting. Like everybody's curve and spine and experience is like so individual. And I think like working with a specialist like you is probably like the best way to figure out what the heck is going on in your body. Um, because I do think a lot of times it's just like this misinformation or like a lot of fear. <laughs> at least coming from me of like doing things the wrong way and like wondering if I'm making things worse and which actually leads me to my next question, just, you know, in your professional opinion, you know, working with people like can the curve improve? And you kind of mentioned this with just, you know, your experience with strength training and everything, but like, have you seen curves decrease or just like things get better for people? Because I have gone to so many, you know, doctors, professionals, whatever. And they're like, you're working against gravity. This thing is just going to get worse. You're going to have more arthritis, more pain, more everything. And in my head, I'm like, no, <laughs> that's not what I want to happen. I want to make sure I'm aging and healthy and whatnot. But like, have you seen things like drastically improve for people? Yeah. So first I'll talk about kind of just the natural progression of scoliosis. And, and that is based on a study that was done a long time ago they can't really do the study anymore because it's kind of unethical, but they just basically took people with scoliosis and didn't treat them. They were just kind of like, they just watched them over time. They didn't give them any treatment and they just kind of watched how their curves progressed over time. Um, basically what they found was curves that were in the 30 to 50 degree range would progress on average, like a half a degree per year. Curves that were 50 degrees or more would progress on average one degree per year. 
So of course, when we talk about research, we're talking about averages. We're talking about some people who maybe didn't progress at all and some people who progressed a ton, right? So there's a lot of variability in terms of of the potential for progression, especially with adult curves and depending what happens as we get older and, and we go on in our lives. Um, with adolescent curves, which is actually a big portion of where we address scoliosis, because usually that's where it's diagnosed. And, you know, adolescents, we have the most ability to address and reverse the curves. They found bracing to be actually very effective. Um, I know that many people who potentially have had braces that are now our age, their braces weren't the best. The bracing technology has, has improved tremendously since we were teens. Um, so, so that's one aspect to consider. And then also with scoliosis exercise and bracing together, we've actually been able to see teens improve their curves. Um, you know, so that is definitely potential in terms of the adult population. It's a little bit more difficult one, because once we're finished growing, the vertebrae are already shaped in a way that kind of aligns in the curve, right? So one of the things that we really focus on with the teens and where we think that scoliosis develops is, a, is an asymmetry of the bone growth. Mm -hmm. So one side of the bone of the vertebrae grows faster than the other, creating a wedge shape, and that's what creates the rotation and then the bend of the curve. So of course, with a teen, because they're still growing, we can address that more and put them in a brace to make them grow straighter position, right? But once we get to an adult, we can't influence that as much because we have done growing. Where we can influence a lot as an adult is the muscular balance of the curve. Because often where I see curves progress as adults is because the, the curve starts to kind of collapse or lean under the, the stress of gravity. And where I see that happening more frequently is people who don't have adequate strength to hold their bodies up against gravity. It's, it's more rare that I talk to someone who ha is very active and has been active all their life that they start to really have that big big progression. It can happen sometimes, but uh, where I see more progression is kind of just that like loss loss of muscle mass over time and deconditioning over time. And, and I think, especially as women, I don't know how much it's really related to the scoliosis, more so related to just the research of women over 30, that we tend to become less active, mm -hmm. right? And, and some of that is related to societal things or, you know, time things or career things, right? But but the research even outside of people with scoliosis just tells us that that happens. And that's why you and I are big advocates of keep working out, you know, even as you age and, and never stop, you know. Um, but in adults, we have found improvements in our, in our clients' curves. Now, of course, they're not on the scale of what we may see in teens, and we're not going to eliminate curves completely because we still have that bony component, but we've had clients improve their curves five, 10, you know, 15 degrees and a bigger curve. But really what we look for in our clients is that they have less pain, that they can do more of the things that they want to do day to day. They can be the person they want to be and not be the scoliosis person where it's like, I have to sit out my kid's event because 
I can't run with them, or I have to avoid going to the amusement park because I can't stand and walk around so long, or I have to stop doing this thing because my scoliosis doesn't let me do that thing. Um, so really that's where we, we, we really want our clients to focus on more, right. Is like, you can have still that bigger curve and live an awesome life, which many of our clients, even with bigger curves, they do, um, in terms of appearance and posture is one that people often ask us about, right? They want their curves to look more symmetrical. They don't want to be as noticeable in clothes or to look as off balance. And we've seen improvements in that as well by, by helping to balance the musculature. So it is definitely possible as an adult to improve your scoliosis. It takes a lot of work. I won't say that it's easy. I won't say that it's you do something for two weeks and all of a sudden right. you're, you're straight, but you know, I, it is possible. Many of our clients over like six months to a year period, will see a big difference um, in terms of their posture, in terms of their muscle balance and, and, and those, those aspects. So we always tell them going in, it takes time. Right. Mm -hmm. And probably you also explain to your clients the same with nutrition. Like it takes time. It's not an overnight solution, but it is possible with, with the right, the right, um, the right program and the right guidance. Yeah. 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 I'm so glad you said that just because, you know, like I said, I've gone to so many people over the years and I'm just kind of like, well, what's the future hold for me? And everybody's like, it's not going to get better. <laughs> just like, I don't like that answer. I'm just like, that can't be it. I'm only 43. I have many, many years of living to do. Like, I just can't accept that, you know? So I'm glad you said that. Um, and this is probably a good transition to um, talk a little bit more about your program and just like how it works. Cause it's all done virtually. Right. Um, yes. So do you want to like, just walk us through like what working with you looks like and like how, um, how it all works, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So one of the first things that we feel is super important for, for our clients is to understand the specific curve that they have. Right. So, so many people I talk to, they're like, I know I have scoliosis. I don't know where it is, which side is, which what's concave, what's convex, you know, and, and, and just having that foundation, I think is so helpful because then it helps people have that foundation of, how can I sit? How can I stand? How can I, when I pick up something, what do I want to consider about my specific individual curve when I'm doing that? Right. So we really, our initial foundation of our program is education. So we do a lot of education about individual curve, about curve specific exercise, going over the person's x-ray, going over their posture and really getting into the weeds of, of them understanding what their condition is. Because it gives them that power. A lot of times they go to the doctor and the doctor doesn't really even understand or is able to explain to them more about their, or doesn't have the time to maybe explain to them more about their curve. So having that, having that understanding, really people feel empowered that they're able to make more decision about their curve and, and how to address that. So we start with that. We do an initial session on Zoom to do that full assessment and really have that person understand where they're starting at and kind of what we see in terms of maybe some of the imbalances or things we want to work on or even their goals um, in their program. 
And we deliver all of our workouts, education, everything through our app. Um, so it makes it really easy for people because a lot of the feedback that I was getting for people doing traditional physical therapy was like, I have a busy life. I don't have time to drive to the clinic and work with the PT, you know, maybe for 10, 15 minutes because they're so busy with a thousand other people there and then drive home and try to figure out how to do the exercises on my own. So we use an app to deliver the exercises and the app actually allows you to upload videos of yourself doing the exercise. So really important to us is form feedback and understanding your individual movements because people with scoliosis also tend to have issues understanding where their bodies are in space. If you're someone who is always walking into walls or tripping or feeling off balance, that's probably relates back to your curve. Um, it's in the research tells us too. people with scoliosis don't have that understanding. So that's something that we work on a lot is teaching you, okay, find the best alignment of your curve. Now let's incorporate that into strength. Can you hold that position? And now let's try to maintain that into your squat. Let's try to maintain that into your hip hinge. Let's try to get that into your routine so that you're teaching your brain, you're teaching your body. This is a better way to hold my curve. Don't lean over way over here. Right. So a lot of our education is based on that. Um, and then we're here just supporting people through that process of learning their curve, learning how to exercise with their curve, incorporating the scoliosis exercises, which are a little more specific to the individual curve with the strength training work so that you're getting the benefits of both, uh, both options. So we do that all online. And, and when I started as a physical therapist, I said, is this really going to work? Just being in person my entire life and that. And, and what we realized is that when you have it set up that way and you know exactly what you need to do, what you need to focus on, and you're not just given a booklet of 40 exercises, yeah. you know, that, that, that put this together somehow, you know, um, it really helps people stay accountable and it really empowers people to know that they're doing something for their curve. Um, we found that really helps people to say like, okay, you know, you could go to the gym and exercise and you could, you know, you could do a, you know, a yoga or a Pilates class. But when you really know, like, okay, I know that what I'm doing here is helping my curve. It makes you feel more accountable because it's not like you're going in blind and just kind of trying things out to see what sticks. You have a plan in place. I think having a plan in place really helps people significantly. Mm-hmm. 100%. 100%. And just what you're saying is about like doing this like generic er exercises and whatnot. I have been there. And I just like that you have like this personalized approach. So um, another personal question, um, your program. So is it is it strength training plus like these scoliosis movements? Um, or is it or I guess what does the programming look like? I guess that was my question. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so usually our clients are doing a combination of strength okay. training and scoliosis movements. Yeah. Um, of course, we customize the program to each individual. So we do work with some individuals who they're like, I already have my strength training program. I already have my coach. I already have, you know, my trainer whatever. And then we really focus in more on the scoliosis side of things. So we really, it really depends. And, and often we'll incorporate mobility. We'll incorporate cardio. We'll incorporate other aspects. Of course, scoliosis safe, we say, right? Scoliosis safe. Safe types of cardio and scoliosis safe um, mobility. 
depending on the person's goals, right? So we have many people come into us and say, I want to run a 5K. Okay, well, we're going to have to incorporate some running to prepare for that, right? In addition to what we're doing strength-wise and scoliosis exercise-wise. So it really depends the, the person, of course. But what we found is that recipe of the scoliosis exercise to really understand the alignment and the foundation of um, that. And then also the strength training to layer on to say now, okay, I'm able to hold my body in this position. Now I'm going to add my weights here and be able to now strengthen my curve in a more balanced way. Oh, this is fascinating. And I feel like <laughs> I need your program. Um, but I, I think for anybody who is active and wants to remain active <laughs> and like, like strength training, I'm just like, oh my gosh, this program is amazing or it sounds amazing. So, um, you know, if somebody out there is listening and like wants to work with you, like where can they find you? How can they get started? Um, this has been such a great conversation. Absolutely. So you can find us on Instagram at strength and spine, um, or, you know, just type in Beth Terranova. I should pop up there. Um, strengthandspine.com is our website. If you want to take a look at our, our programs, our one-on-one coaching is our main program, but we also have other programs and courses and things. If you just want to start learning, um, about scoliosis as well. And then of course you can always email us with any questions, info at strengthandspine.com. We're happy to get you pointed in the right direction. Even if it's not necessarily with us, you know, we can help you try to find a scoliosis specialist in your area we'll try our best. <laughs> you know, people are definitely more spread out with these things, but um, yeah, we're happy to help in any way. And and we have also on Facebook, our scoliosis strength community, we have a lot of free resources and other people with scoliosis who are excited to exercise. So that's our free community. If you want to pop in there and just start to surround yourself with other people who have scoliosis and want to exercise and have spinal fusions too. We didn't talk too much about oh, spinal fusion, um, but many people with scoliosis also have, may have gone for spinal fusion surgery. We do also work with people who've had spinal fusions because many of us with scoliosis may have had that as a teenager or considering it as an adult. Um, so if you have questions about that as well, we're happy to help get you pointed in the right direction. Oh, I love this so much. I just feel like, I mean, maybe it's just been my experience with scoliosis, but I just feel like everything has been so like gloom and doom. You know what I mean? It's just like, or maybe it, maybe it's who I've, I've worked with. I haven't worked with somebody like you, but I feel like this is all really like motivating and inspiring and empowering in the sense that like you can change the progression of what is happening with your spine. And it just, it makes me really excited for, um, for this program and just being able to have people out there like you that are doing things a little bit differently because yeah, I just feel like with the scoliosis community, like you're like, oh, you're the scoliosis person. You know what I mean? Um, so it's nice to know that there are options and we're not just, you know, stuck with a crooked spine and we're just going to be, you know, inactive for the rest of our lives. So just appreciate you being here. Um, thank you so much for sharing your knowledge and all the details about what you do and what you offer. And I'll be sure to get all of this in the show notes so you guys can contact Beth and work with her. But again, just thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Tina. Fun to talk to you. 